episode of Pain in the Class. I'm Luke. And I'm Rose. And this week we don't have any guests. It's just us two here with you today. And we thought we would take the opportunity to discuss a topic. Which is, what makes a good teacher, in our opinion? Mm, Yeah, that's a disclaimer. So it's just our thoughts and opinions based on observations of teachers that we've worked with and teachers that taught us when we were back at school and our own experiences of teaching as well, what works and what doesn't work so well. But they're just ideas and thoughts and um, we are definitely not an authority on what is a good teacher. Neither of us have qualifications, neither of us know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're aspiring. Aspiring. (laughs) To be good. Yeah. And insufferable sometimes. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see what our thoughts, where they they take us. Yeah, but definitely join in the conversation if you have any thoughts after listening or while listening. Tweet us or comment on Instagram or anything to let us know what you think makes a good teacher. Hashtag Instagram. Hashtag Instagram, yeah. That's going to be our um, our motto. Maybe maybe it's not taken. Hashtag Hashtag Instagram. That hashtag might not be taken. Maybe Instagram has it? Mm, yeah okay uh, <laughs> right so Rose yes for you what's the quality of a good teacher well I think well there are many where to even begin to be honest just but one, just one which I think is very very important is patience but I'm mostly probably talking about young children when I talk about that because I don't, I don't know maybe you have some thoughts on older people but I think definitely with toddlers and very small children patience is really key because we forget when we're so old and wise we forget what it is to really know very little because like it's not just when you're teaching like tiny ones it's not just about like teaching them how to count and teaching them like colors and stuff there are concepts which they don't understand yet and they they haven't quite learned yet like what like for example you know how when you talk to a kid about like their mummy and daddy or whatever and mm. they don't actually know what their parents they don't know or care or understand what their parents do for a job like some like things like All that right. you know it's like that's a concept which hasn't quite sunk in yet they don't even know what their mum's name is that is a very good point right so it's things like that and also even slightly older kids i was teaching in a third grade class like in the first term this year and third graders so they're about seven or eight years old Hmm. and they didn't understand the difference between an actor and a character okay so you just assume when you're like an old and wise person what did they think an actor was what did they think they didn't they just didn't know what an actor was they thought they were the same thing it's funny you should say that because my class on friday morning we were doing a sheet on on actors and and films and one of my students didn't know the difference between an actor and a character. They okay, didn't understand. <laughs> and my my kids, if you can call them that, in, in, like between in what do we say between commas? No, uh, uh, in, in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> one of my kids, who is probably about 16, 17 years old, didn't know. So I don't know. Maybe wow. that, maybe that's a, a lang- completely language based thing. Maybe it's because they definitely have in Spanish. There definitely exists a difference between actor yeah, and character. I'm really surprised by. It. I thought it was just that. Because you know how when you're you uh you know how sometimes kids like for example my brother shout out to John he <laughs> apparently when he was younger he thought that when in black and white movies they hadn't yet worked out how to fake deaths so when he was little he thought that every time a person died in a, a black and white movie they actually <laughs> died 
So, <laughs> so it's that. I don't think I'm surprised that you say that older, the older one. You know, I, I think it is more of a younger person thing. Because we were talking about Romeo and Juliet, and I said, okay, so the, in the Baz Luhrmann f- film, who plays Romeo? Who's who's the star? Yeah. You know, who who are Romeo and Juliet? What the the actors' names? You said Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Okay. But then Maybe when, it was a misunderstanding yeah, of the question. Be. Did someone ask it? Did someone repeat it to her in Spanish yeah, to check? Yeah, and then, and then I think she did. She did eventually get it, That's so but funny. she didn't know who the actors were anyway. So okay, so maybe patience extends to teenagers as well. Patience, then. it definitely does. <laughs> like, okay, maybe not to the same extent. Because yeah. you can you like can you tell me why why do you think it's the most important for you? Why, what's because I think. There are so much, as I was saying, like, there's so much that we take for granted that we know. Mm. And obviously, I mean, it sounds so obvious and simple, but I do think that adult teachers do forget how little small children know. And so they get frustrated and annoyed when a, a small child doesn't get a certain concept. And it kind of, there's a tendency, I think, to to kind of give up a little bit or to get angry. Like, so if you know, not... I think if you don't have the quality of patience, there would be a tendency to kind of uh, give up on the kids who aren't doing as well and kind of focus on the small children who are learning to read really well. And mm. you kind of forget about the kids who still haven't, still haven't grasped the concept of writing and reading. And definitely I've seen, like, in the... Like, with the children I work with, there are some who are really, like the tiny ones like there are some who are like lagging behind with their reading in Spanish and in English and I think if you are not patient you will get you'll get too excited about the ones who are doing really well Mm -hmm. and you'll be like oh wow like that's amazing wow they can read now and you forget about the poor little person who can't yet which then has a knock-on effect into the future and then you have the students who who are in who are 15, 16, 17, who still don't really know how yeah. to, to form basic sentences. Exactly. And I think you have to remember that it's not... I think people sort of... If you're impatient, you might give up on them because you think there's no hope for them. or that. Not. I don't think consciously you would think this, but maybe subconsciously you might think that that child is stupid or something. Okay. And that's not true. But you just, some children do need more time, but then obviously that's really difficult in a classroom situation when you have 30 children or whatever, you can't give more time to one because you have to keep moving with the others. So it it is difficult. It was like how they thought in the 50s that dyslexic people were just stupid kids because they didn't know how to qualify it. Yeah, there are are lots of different reasons why people are falling behind that you might not be aware of, Mm. which I think leads us on to... The next point, which is catering to different levels. So you said <clears throat> it's difficult to to let one kid or, or help one kid when you have thirty other kids to teach. Yeah. How do you find that manifests itself in the classroom? <sighs> How long have we got? Yeah. It's really hard because <clears throat> I think it depends. It depends on the teacher. It depends on the classroom, and it depends on the education system, in the country. Because I don't want to, like, always compare, but... and Well, what I mean is I don't want to say one way is better than another way. But we do have to compare because things are different. So, for example, 
in the UK, like from my school experience, people who had like learning difficulties would have a person in the classroom with them who was there to help them. Mm-hmm. And so that person, that adult member of staff would be would be able to focus on that child and keep them up with the rest of the class. So what was what was their title? Were they a teacher's uh, assistant or were learning they learning support? support? Or something. Okay. And they would be with that child throughout the duration of the day, mm-hmm. helping them in a focused way so that they didn't get left behind. Okay. And that way the main teacher can keep on going as fast as they want and trust that that kid is going to be able to keep up because they have someone who's there to so support them. So they wouldn't have to, to plan a separate class for that kid and then give them... Well, maybe that, I mean, work, of, I think sometimes there would be a need for that, yeah. There would be a need for maybe extra planning of different levels. I think also at the opposite end of the spectrum are the people who are ahead and finish early, mm-hmm. for example, or find things too easy. And that's really difficult as well because I think it's good to have like materials for them to a certain extent so that they don't get bored of school because I think that ca- that is a danger of, of happening and so that they can reach their full potential. Like if you keep give them extra material that's suited to their level, then you can you can push them, challenge them as much as the others are being pushed and challenged. Yeah, absolutely. But then you you have the, the issue of where to draw the line. Yeah, exactly. As a, as a teacher, you know, you have a lot of planning in the first place. A lot of your evening is spent marketing and planning. When do you say, look, I can't, cater to every exactly. single individual it is difficult my if, if i was like a main teacher i think i would be tempted to be like okay draw me a picture or like <laughs> write me a story or like write like something where it's i haven't actually had to prepare any materials but it's like and also it could be it could be developed from what we've been doing in the class for example sure. i could be like Okay, so write me an example of what we've been doing today, and they could just lead themselves and like. But that uh, that's another thing that I think teachers, uh, good teachers, have in reserve. They have yeah. a lot of activities that they can pull out that are applicable to whatever you're learning in the classroom. Yeah. So you know, where an activity you can that you can give to someone of a higher level, of a lower level, and it it still challenges them yeah. appropriately. But I think all this stuff is what is. Um, Obviously, as you were saying, it's like a lot of extra planning and work for the teacher. But also, I think it's probably, well, definitely easier for um, more experienced teachers because they have all these things in the bank. Whereas if you're a teacher who's just starting out and you're like having to create your lesson plans from scratch anyway, Mm -hmm. like I feel, I think maybe that it's less likely that you'd be able to, to do that. I mean, I, obviously neither of us know no. what it's like to do a PGCE or to do any teaching qualification from around the world, but I'm assuming that they would give you a few hints and tricks to be yeah, able to, definitely. To, to make your way. I know, yeah. because having talked to some of the teachers here, some of the teachers in Colombia and some teachers back at home, uh, it doesn't seem like they give you any practical practical advice like a lot of the teachers complain about the stuff you learn in theory is fantastic but when trying to put it into practice Mm. it it doesn't seem to work and i like that might not be the case for the pgce i'm not entirely sure but my spanish teachers the colleagues that i work with have said just that yeah you know they've they've learned all about the theories of discipline and uh i I couldn't give you an example of which one (laughs) but um 
but then when trying to put it into practice in the classroom, yeah, it, it has failed that. miserably yeah. and crashed Well, and because burned. you have so many things to be concentrating on, don't you? It's like, and we'll definitely go on to talk about discipline, um, but when you're trying to juggle so many things, like the content, the getting the kids to do the independent work, mm-hmm. and then adding in like discipline and all of those things, it's so there's so much going on that all of the all of the theories become quite tricky to keep up with. I imagine because it's you you're not just concentrating on one. You're not like okay, so today I'm going to put this theory into practice because realistically, when you then go into the classroom, like there could be one some kid's, disaster. One kid's got a nosebleed, exactly, another one's yeah. crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's got a problem at home, they have to leave, yeah. someone's got to take a phone call, which happens quite a lot in my class. <laughs> really? <laughs> Luckily that doesn't happen to my kids. <laughs> they just say, excuse me, Buffy, I've got to go. Because like, they're all, I mean, they're all work, I, that, for me that's another, it is another issue. Like, obviously they're adults, they have their own lives. And you said, you talked about patience with kids, but patience with adults is important as well because you never know what is going on in their lives. Yeah, true. Same with kids, obviously. Yeah. But you don't know what they're having to juggle, what they're having to deal with at home, who, whether their kid's sick, whether their their husband's a horrible person, you know, yeah, you just yeah, don't, yeah. you don't know. And yeah. like, that's, that's a major part of patience. And as one of my teachers, uh, Metaphysics, has said in the past, being a teacher is all about balancing being a friend a parent a psychologist Mm. an instructor an informer an educator a psychologist like everything under the sun you can imagine and yeah to a certain extent that that is what makes a good teacher but yeah being all those things being all those things and learning to be all those things it's not you don't just go into teaching and know all the answers yeah exactly you can be an energetic passionate person when you start out but that might get sapped away from you, or you can be in a, like a, a dull person mm-hmm. who's very shy in front of people, and then suddenly get a, a second wind. <laughs> you know, like there are plenty of ways of, of going about it. And as we said, there's no one set mold for teacher or student. Yeah. That I think that's also very important to note is that all students are different and all teachers are different. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's absolutely right, because what will work for one teacher in terms of authority, for example, mm-hmm. is not going to work for every single teacher, because some teachers who are six foot three and <laughs> have beards and piercings, um, not mentioning any names, you, there's a certain authority there, like, straight away. Yeah. Do you disagree? I just think that sometimes you, your different personality, the way your voice sounds, how tall you are, actually does affect the authority you have and so if you're starting off from some if you have a quiet voice and like you're a bit softer and a bit smaller then how do you build your authority that's, from that? that's really interesting i never really thought about the kind of privilege that I have <laughs> in the classroom but then you embrace your other qualities yeah if you're a small skinny woman <laughs> with no piercings or tattoos uh then there are other things that you can do. There are certain qualities that you can embrace that that you know about yourself. Definitely. That you're a strong person in yeah. other ways, you know? That... Yeah. But specifically, though, on, on that exact topic, mm. with authority and discipline in the classroom, obviously, sometimes sometimes teachers can lose, can lose um, authority by 
shouting too much or screaming too much because the kids just find it ridiculous and they don't it doesn't mean anything if you do it too often but imagine if you have a quiet voice mm-hmm. and you're literally just trying to get their attention yeah, 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 right. and it's not to do with telling them off it's literally trying to make them be quiet so that they can hear you and you can do the lesson yeah. then what do you do it's like then it's such a you're in such a difficult position you there, are you are but you are, again you have to use other parts maybe not your voice but your body yeah. you use I don't, I, that, well, I don't know. luckily we've had experience <laughs> theatrical training, training darling. Darling. Yeah. um no but in my school they have a lot of the teachers have buddhist singing bowls no way. that they um are beginning to use to so they'll like hit the buddhist singing bowl and and then that's obviously like a, a loud sound but like a peaceful sound it's, yeah and it gets their attention and then they know to be quiet Not like after a gong. that <laughs> yeah so that's a good trick that is a, that's a great trick i like that yeah and uh, i i remember when i was doing the tefl thing or when i was doing the training for for teaching in colombia they told us to just stand there Oh yeah! Oh kind of, my god! And look, give them the stare down. I used and to just... hate that at school, though. I used to hate that. Oh, it doesn't work. So annoying. It may it may work for some teachers if you've established that's what you're doing. Yeah. But if you're, it's the first time you're doing it, and, <laughs> and like, you just what? stand there. Yeah, they just. What do they do? What are you... <laughs> Maybe one student will realize. I think there is an. I I have, even though I find I found it so annoying at school, I have done it once or twice here like not but i think the people the teachers who did it at school that really annoyed me they would do it like straight away rather than going into the class and saying hello class and then them getting annoyed yeah. and rather than shouting they were quiet they would just come in and not say a word until we were quiet what? so that was so it was just so annoying because so it just looked like they were being really petty yeah you're going in with a negative attitude yeah. instead of being, yeah being a friendly Face. Exactly, but I have used the stare. Oh, so have I. Yeah, don't get me and wrong. And it is actually quite effective sometimes. Like mm. rather than like the sort of like stare that like makes them feel a bit guilty. Yeah, like sure. makes them know that. And there's you... always one kid like you were in school. <laughs> the giddy teacher. Yeah, that would always go. Shh, shh. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know I was in school. That's that's complete fictional story. No, I was just good on my own. I wasn't like making other people be good. You were the summer of the class. Hey. So. Uh, oh yeah, so I, that that technique works. One that I found really funny that I, that is that is quite prevalent in the classroom in Spain is there. Oh gosh. Oh. Which fuck. is really horrible. It's like. It's like a dog, yeah. you know, like they're training a dog. Oh, we had a teacher at school, I can't remember who it was now, but they used to bang the back of the board rubber on the board or on the desk. Oh, it made such a horrible sound. Right, talking of uh, teachers from school. Yes. Why, what made a good teacher for you? What were your, who were your well, favourite teachers? Why were they your favourite teachers? fantastic teachers. At primary school, I had fantastic teachers. The, the standout teacher for me from primary school, the reason why he was so great was because um, he was a good teacher, but the reason why I remember him is from the extracurricular side of things. Mm. So he he was a musician and wrote songs for us to sing, like wrote original songs for us to sing. And I just thought that was so special. And like he made them into, like he organized it so that we recorded them he taught 
us, them, we recorded them and he put them into an album, which we then had and like I still have the CD of. And I think that was so special to like give primary school kids like the, that opportunity to do something so cool as that. And like he obviously put a lot of his extra time into that, which I thought was really special. Absolutely. That is, that's amazing. Yeah. And Rose still sings those songs to this day. Yeah, I still know them. I still remember them. They were great. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Like yeah. That, 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 yeah, exactly. That dedication yeah. to teaching, not just in the classroom, but outside. Yeah, is, because is, it's about like life. Exactly. Life it's making enhancement. You a well-rounded it? not, yeah. Yeah. individual yeah. citizen. And then my te- I had some great teachers at secondary school as well who... I mean, it, it was, a, I guess there's a little theme coming out that it's sort of the ones that I remember and appreciate were the ones who just, I knew that they put in so much effort. And so <laughs> it's sort of like, you can't be a lazy teacher. Like it, if you want to be a good one, you have to, you have to put your extra time into it, which is obviously, especially for teachers in the UK at the moment who are really overworked, that's like not very nice to hear. It is, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but so for example, I had this history teacher who wasn't even my history teacher. Uh, like I was in a different class. And when we were leading up to our GCSEs, which for people not from the UK is the exam you do when you're 15, 16, um, I felt really un- underprepared for my history exam and this other teacher from another class arranged revision sessions for the whole for everyone taking history so we went I think it was after school we went to these extra sessions he'd arranged they were really good because they were so focused it was like our questions and he answered our questions that we were unclear about and then at the end of the session everyone it had been really popular there were loads of people there everyone left but just before everyone left, he he asked, like, okay, so is everyone feeling more confident now? And, like, is that all clear? And most people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and, like, two other people were like, well, no, actually, we still have questions and there are still things that we're not sure about. And he and he let us stay for longer when we weren't... None of us were in his class, wow. none of those three. And, like, just that extra time that he didn't need to give us, but he was, like, happy and willing to, to give us made such a difference and like really made me feel more confident about it that's amazing but he also was like a young teacher like you were saying like maybe um when you first start maybe you're full of energy and then i don't (laughs) who knows how much energy he still has it's yeah it's it was published i can't like last year or something that that 50 percent of the teachers i think this is correct please write in tell us if if it's not 50 percent of teachers within the first five years in the uk drop out which is a lot yeah a lot of teachers because it is it's the bureaucracy i think in the uk that that is killing teachers i i I can understand why you know you you go in with the best of intentions in the classroom but yeah you can't fulfill them because you're swamped by paperwork and by bureaucracy that is really sad it's terrible yeah right my Yes. My teachers. Yeah. My favourite teachers. I I don't have any standout teachers from my primary school. Oh, that's interesting. Which is really odd. Yeah. I I remember Mr. I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> Mr. Reiner. No. <laughs> uh, he was he was one of the. Oh no, wait. I do. Mr. Struck. <laughs> right. Mr. Struck was our maths teacher, and he was German, uh, and he, I think. I don't know what it is about... There's going to be a common theme in this. Okay. But teachers who kind of just shout at their kids. <laughs> but in a funny way. Yeah. So, like, 
one of he would call kids Scheitzkopf. Oh my goodness. Which obviously is shithead. In primary school. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But like it was done in a funny way so that like people would laugh. Yeah. Uh, don't be such a Scheitzkopf. <laughs> you are a disgrace to your mother. No, I don't think I don't think he ever said that. But anyway, he was my standout. Not particularly for any reason. Apart from the fact that he was he was a bit more lively, a bit mm. like something different as well. Having a German teacher teaching you maths was was fascinating. You know, having a lot of very white, very middle class <laughs> other teachers, it made it it made it a bit different. Mm. You know, uh, but secondary school was where I had my favourite teachers for sure. Uh, Clarissa Butler, <laughs> who was this crazy Catalonian lady, who taught me Spanish. Along with Miss Peel, actually, I forget. I always forget to mention Miss Peel mm. because she was the first person to teach me Spanish when I was a, when I was a kid, when I was thirteen, and she was she was very strict from what I remember, but also just had a really lovely demeanor. So it was it was kind of this dichotomy in a teacher, which yeah. I guess is is quite important. You quite need it, really. You need you? you need the ability to to switch. Yeah, you know, definitely. to be able to turn. The, the serious side on in yeah. case people have taken it too far yeah whereas you can also have fun like yes. you should also be able yeah. to have fun yeah. but I, like i i do think that's really important some of the my favorite teachers that i've worked with are able to joke are very quick are very witty yeah in both languages yeah um right so miss peel did that mrs butler on the other hand very much like mr struck was just mental. <laughs> so she would come into the classroom and shout, sit down, you little gilipollas. Oh my goodness. Sit down, you little fucks. Oh. Like, <laughs> really, Gosh. really, uh, really just like a, a burst of energy in the classroom. And I think that's, I, I think that's great. Like if that's who you are, if that's your personality, then embrace that. Yeah, definitely. And I do remember some of the worst teachers I had. Oh yeah? And they were very monotonous. Oh yeah. Their voices were like this. <laughs> Uh, this is the third person singular of the verb fair. Please repeat <laughs> after me. And like, that that drove me That's crazy. So I boring, yeah. I love learning vocabulary. I love yeah. learning lists like you you do. <laughs> yeah, I like that was lists. that was fun like mm. for me at school. But having them Managed taught in that boring. way mm. is just so tedious. Yeah. Third teacher, Mr. Swan, Philip Swan hope he's listening because I loved him he was uh, he was also very flamboyant but very strict and and just and just great and he was also my drama teacher so he's my English teacher and my drama teacher for IB English and for for the drama club at school and we just had a lot of fun yeah it was just silly I remember things like he made us while we were doing Arundel tune by Hardy or Larkin I can't remember who it is he made two of us climb onto a table and hold hands and pretend to be the tomb that they were talking about. <laughs> and like just little things like that, which were yeah, probably quite, in, quite inappropriate and not like, <laughs> but yeah, they do. They help they you do. remember and they make it relevant. Exactly. So uh, for things like that are very important to have yeah. someone memorable, which might be the impressionable teenager and child that I was that you need someone like that you know a lot of people probably don't need uh, a teacher to be that way to be able to 
to improve their education. Yeah, maybe, but they're not going to be the ones that they remember when they're adults. They're not, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's the the subject that you should remember, not the teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I did, I had always amazing languages teachers as well at secondary school and at sixth form. Yeah. Um, Which, for non-UK listeners, is uh, 17 to 18 year old. Um, But yeah, interesting though, like talking about sort of bad teachers that you remember because I remember when I was at secondary school, not, I don't necessarily remember, you know, bad teachers as as standout individuals, but I do remember thinking um, we had like, you know, quite often in lessons we would have quite bad discipline issues Mm. in my school. And um, I remember thinking to myself, okay, Rose, never, ever become a secondary school teacher. It is the (laughs) worst job ever. You get humiliated and embarrassed and, like, people make fun of you. People make you cry. Mm -hmm. And, like, teenagers can be so cruel. And then when they, like, are in gangs... Like, classrooms, like, ready-made little gangs, and they gang up on this poor, 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 young, inexperienced teachers. Oh, my gosh, it's just so... You're really putting me off. <laughs> no, but, like, obviously, if you, there were some teachers who handled it absolutely fantastically and were fantastic and had loads of respect, but there were ones who, like, for some reason, like, teenagers have a really good skill of, like, picking out a weak... Of course they a do, weak yeah. teacher and then just really how do you how do you manage turn it around that, so there's actually a story my other brother shout out to chris he had a teacher at, at our secondary school that we went to that was like that that really got picked on by the kids and he was new like a newly qualified teacher and he had really long hair he had like a long ponytail mm. and there was one day at like a fair like some school fair where he uh, cut it off for charity and um, and from that moment on he had respect because it was like he'd I think he acknowledged like that he needed to like change something like by doing that to him by what doing something active. to himself by like say by in a way sort of like taking the mick out of himself sort of so doing some self-deprecating <laughs> he, act, he then yeah. got everyone in on the joke you know everyone because it was public so everyone was you know chanting and get going along i mean i wasn't there i don't yeah. this is all secondhand information but apparently that just like absolutely switched it because i think people found it really funny but like in a positive way mm-hmm. and like thought that it was quite a like res- i think they were a bit in awe of him for doing it kind of something so brave and so from that moment on, apparently, I hear that he had respect in the classroom Interesting. after that. So one act of noble, <laughs> valiant, self-deprecating behaviour <laughs> has changed his teaching I'm career I'm sure forever. there are other methods. Yeah, I'm sure there are. <laughs> uh, I'm really yet to find out what they are. Yeah, I'll tell it's you so when I'm a terrible teacher to be in with. It's so difficult. I think especially I find it quite... I find being an assistant quite nerve-wracking in terms of discipline. Like, if I want to be a teacher in the future, I'm worried, will will I be able to do it? Because as an assistant, what sometimes happens is the class will be perfectly behaved, listening, 
I'm quiet and then the, t- the main teacher will go out to do an errand and leave me on my own mm-hmm. and they'll immediately start whispering. But that's that's because you are established as an assistant. I know, I know. So that I'm aware of that, but it also, it just makes me feel like, oh God, it's me, I'm the problem. It's not It's not you, it's the position. Yeah. Uh, it, it, okay, maybe, maybe it is partly you because it's the same with me and yeah. I'm sure it's the same. I hope it's the same with other, <laughs> other people. But... I think because you've been established as someone who's not the main teacher, who's not in charge, yeah. then obviously they're not going to have the same levels of, of fear. Yeah, and, and I guess and I'm not the one who can who can bring the discipline issues like further exactly, exactly. up the hierarchy. Like they know that I'm not going to go and I'm not going to write a note home to their parents, yeah. for example. Yeah. Just go, quickly coming back to bad teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Just other things that I've noticed working with the teachers that I have over the years because I've worked with quite a few you know this year I'm working with three separate teachers in Colombia I worked with uh, two or three other teachers and I've noticed that things monotonous activities the same kinds of activities over and over again so giving a handout every class yeah and just getting them to fill it in or uh there's no logical development mm-hmm. within the class so you're doing one handout on something and then the next day something oh, completely different yeah. and too much change oh yeah just swapping yeah just swapping activities swapping every 5 minutes doing something different yeah which doesn't have it doesn't help i don't think yeah. but i don't know like maybe you disagree no no i because uh yeah that sounds i i hadn't thought of it like that i definitely think it's good to vary to not always do the same type of activity, definitely. I hadn't thought of it the other way around, though. We're just doing too many different things. Yeah, but I think that's thing. because I haven't actually experienced anyone who does that. Well, yeah, that, I mean, you're lucky. <laughs> because you, as an assistant, you don't have any say, particularly. Mm. You can you can express your, your opinions, but you've got to be careful. Yeah. You're working with this person for a whole year. Or nine months, or two years, for for in some cases, three years in others. You know, you don't want to insult them. You don't want to make them feel because they've been doing it for a lot longer than you have. In some cases. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the that that again is part of the the issue, and it's great to see. Uh, for me, this is this is what I really like about this program, and the one in Colombia is very similar. Is that you get to see lots of different teaching styles. And you get to see what you like and what you don't like. And you can build your own personal repertoire and yeah. and, and write down some things that you've you've seen yeah. that you never want to repeat in the classroom. <laughs> or you really, really want you to really take on do. board. Yeah. And I, I think that's amazing for this, for potential educators in the future. Yeah, it's a good and learning can, experience. It is a great learning experience. Uh, right. Well, I think that nicely sums it all up. <laughs> Basically... We've what have we covered? We covered so discipline. discipline. We've covered. Uh, I think with just on discipline, one tiny extra thing I think is quite difficult is knowing because you're saying like it's good to have fun. I think it's quite difficult to know like where the line is when when the fun goes too far. What? How so? As in like obviously you can let. I think you can let kids have fun and like have fun in the lesson. And I don't think it's necessary for kids to be completely silent for a whole lesson. In fact, it's impossible for them to do that. It's, it's wouldn't, yeah. Um, but there are. But so how do you? It's just a question. Just throwing it out there. But like, how do you know 
when it goes too far like is it do you is there like a because I think for me obviously it would definitely go too far if someone's rude I Mm -hmm. rude to you or to someone else Mm -hmm. or mean like definitely that's too far but then also when does talking and messing about go too far like if it's distracting other people for example as in during an activity yeah or or like a speaking activity or just in the classroom yeah just in general really I uh, yeah when it becomes disruptive that means I think is because I wouldn't expect a whole class to be silent as you said for for 20 minutes at a time for 10 minutes at a time there there is a a level of murmuring yeah. that you have to put up with. As yeah, a teacher. you do. I, yeah, it's difficult, but you do have to. Yeah, and kind I, of I don't. Bite your tongue I don't. A bit. I don't really think that's a that's an issue. If they don't, want, if the kids don't want to concentrate, and if they're bored of the activity, <laughs> then yeah. there's a certain level of responsibility that the kids have to take. The students have to take themselves. I think, yeah. as well. Interesting. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day. That was a nice conclusion, throwing in another question. Uh, <laughs> we're just summing everything that's what up. That's what, what I used to get taught at university, was like, in the conclusion, rather than being like, so in the conclusion, this is what I talked about. Sometimes you can like you can be like, so in conclusion, here's another question. I was taught completely the opposite. <laughs> Not at university, because I didn't do anything at university, but at school, I remember being yeah. like, no, in school, never yeah. make a new never point. Never say anything new, I know, exactly. But... Wow. They just threw a spanner in the works. Cambridge really. <laughs> just have a way of I messing mean, it up. Maybe I misunderstood. People <laughs> listening are going to be like, Rosie totally misunderstood what the point was. Wait, you got a 2 1, come on. You, d- you obviously did all right. You obviously were writing oh, some dear. of your essays, okay? Uh, right. So, we've talked about having a little bit of fun in the classroom, but maintaining discipline, bit of control, you know, keeping control, uh, good teachers, bad teachers some patience, understanding of the children and catering to different levels, more or less, yeah. is what we've covered. Well, it's been very interesting, Russ. Yeah, lovely. I think we've come up with a model for a perfect, we have. We for have. A perfect teacher. We have. Uh, but <laughs> if there are any other points that you would like to raise that you think would be interesting to discuss, then write to us. Let us know. Please. Come on, Come on the podcast. Yes, please come on the podcast. That would be fantastic. Because we want to talk to because you. Because we, we would love to hear from you, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so talk to us on Twitter and Instagram at Pain in the Class and find us on Facebook under the same name, Pain in the Class. <laughs> That's all from us this week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.